Jesus Christ and brother of James to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. To them that sanctified, he said, preserved and called. Verse 2, mercy unto you and peace be multiplied and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. He said there are certain men <coughs> crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray today that you'd help me to preach, help me to be mindful of you. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. I want to thank you, Lord, for the good time we've had in your house already today. And Lord, we can leave today, pack up the Bible, thank God, turn off the lights, close the songbook, and thank God, burn rubber out of the parking lot and shout the victory. Thank God for we've got a cause and you've gave us a course and you want us to keep things in control. And I thank you, Lord, for the truth that was preached to our heart. Help me now, Lord, just to mind you and to be fed of the Holy Ghost that I can feed your people. I pray our hearts will be open, our, our minds will be helped, our souls, our flesh, everything about us will be encouraged that we've been at the house of God. And if somebody here lost or maybe saved and standing on the brink of destruction. Uh, would you help them today to make the right choice and turn the right direction and yield their life unto you and surrender? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. If the Lord would help me for a little while tonight, I want to preach on this thought, Faith's Freedom Fighters. Faith's Freedom Fighters. I thought about it. Uh, when I was first studying, I was studying over there in 1 John and I was looking at the manifestation of Christmas, the, the, the message of Christmas. And then I got over here in 2 and 3 John and Jude and I saw, man, if there's ever time that we need some contenders, it's during Christmas time. So I want to start out here. We ain't even got into December yet. But I want us to look at this book of Jude. This book of Jude, just by overview, is all through the book of Jude. It's talking about apostates in the last time. I remember being a young Christian, uh, saved by the grace of God, uh, three, three miles on a dirt road. Hey, man, just having a time, shouting the victory, loving on God. I thought everybody was happy to be saved. I, I mean, I thought you was glad to be at church. I was wondering why everybody wasn't volunteering to clean the toilet bowls. I'm serious. I thought we was all just glad to be saved. And uh, man, I, I didn't understand why everybody didn't want to be there. But I was excited. I was fired up. And uh, thanking God that he saved me from hell. I was a brand plucked out of the fire. I was heaven bound. Hey man, that moment, that day when I got saved. Hey man, I had nothing I could have done to mess it up. God did it for me that day on the right side of the altar. I'll never forget it. Changed my life. Charged me with a charge in my soul. I remember somebody came up to me and they said, Preacher, uh, or 
I, I, I was talking to the preacher, talking to me. And he said, preacher, I, this old boy here, it's just called, he's just on fire because he just got saved. It'll wear off in about 15, 20 years. It'll wear off maybe in the 15, 20 months. It may wear, it'll, sometime it'll wear off. Well, I'm going to tell you, ain't always been what ought to be, but I'm, I'm excited I'm saved. I'm more excited now than I've ever been that Jesus loves me because I'm a mess. I know I'm a mess, and I'm just glad that he wants me to be a freedom fighter. I'm glad he wants me to be a contender for the faith. And he's encouraging this man. He said, look, you're over there on the island of Creek. He told him what kind of mess he's going to be in. And he's, and he's telling him this. He said, look, he's, he's telling him in, in the book of Jude, he said, uh, there's going to be apostates in the last time. And all the way through the book of Jude, He's talking about people falling away, about folks getting distracted, about folks falling out and deserting the church and dangerous times that we can anticipate when the Lord's on His way. But there's one thing that He starts in the book of Jude and He ends in the book of Jude before I can get to my text. Look with me in verse number one. I love this. I hope it'll help somebody tonight. Uh, he reminds us, Jude says, listen, I, I want to I preach to you what he's laid on my heart in verse number four. But he said, before I get, before I get to verse four, let me just start out by saying in verse number one, thank God for those, I'm writing this book, to those who are called, to them who are loved. I'm right, hey man. He said to them that are sanctified, to them that are called, to them that are preserved. He said, I'm writing to that crowd. You know what I love about that, Brother Scott? It's those three verbs that are used in that text. That's what you call it. That's that stress of action. Here's what it is. It's the kind of verb that says it's something that God did. He initiated it. It's something that's happening to me. Oh, I couldn't have made it happen. I couldn't make God love me but he loved me. I couldn't make God call me, but he called me. I couldn't make God preserve me, but he preserved me. He acted, intervened, stepped into my life. I'm sure glad he did. Hey, man. Hey, listen, he, he's, he's encouraging them with some security. But then he don't stop there. Look, look over in verse 24. He's closing out the book. And in verse number 24, I love this. He start, he's going to start the book and end the book about our security. Watch what he said in verse 24. <clears throat> now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you, watch this, to present you, hey man, without, present you faultless. Brother, Brother Scott, do you see that? He said he's going to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now hold on. He said he's, he's loved me. He's, he, he's acted on my behalf. He's intervened in my life. In other words, I was running wide open to hell. He set up an ambush. Holy Ghost tackled me, brought me in conviction, loved me, preserved me, and called me. Hey, man, I appreciate God doing that. I wasn't looking for God. God came looking for me. God looked for Adam. Adam didn't look for God. God came looking for Adam. Ain't you glad God came looking for you? Amen. And you said, hey, there is a responsibility. But I want to remind you at the beginning of the book and at the end of the book, I want to remind you, you've got some security in your life that when people are falling away, you don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to be disappointed. Quit looking at them. Look at the one that loved you. Look at the one that called you. Look at the one that preserved you and the one that's going to present you one day. I say amen right there. 
He's able to keep us. Watch what, the, watch what the verse says. I'm not making it up. That's what it said in verse 24. He's able to keep you from falling. So here, here's, here's what he's doing. He's starting out the book. Hey, man, I'm, I'm trying to preach on our responsibility, but I need to remind people of our security. He said, he starts the book and he said, I just want you, I just want you to know, hey, God loved you. He initiated this love thing. He initiated this call thing. He initiated the preserving thing. As, as anybody here, I don't know if y'all put up a lot of food. My wife puts up food with her grandma. I never forget one time she preserved like she'd always preserved, but uh, she made some vegetable soup and, and it didn't preserve. And uh, she made the boys eat it. And we's always the kind of parents where you eat what's put in front of you. I don't care if you like it or not. Just eat what's ever in front of you. Well, she, she got on to them. And, uh, man, I didn't like it too good. And uh, I didn't say nothing about it. And I said, boys, you got to eat it. Well, uh, they got food poisoning. I took care of all of them. It, it went bad. It lost its seal. But I got good news. Hey, man, I got good news. The seal of God ain't never going bad. Woo! It'll never turn your stomach. It'll always be good food for your soul. Hey man, you'll never get sick of it if you'll just dwell in it a little bit. Hey, he said, he said, look, he said, God called you, God loves you, God's gonna preserve you, and God's able to keep you from falling. So here's what he's saying. He said, listen, when everybody's falling out, when everybody's getting discouraged, when everybody else is distracted, he said, I want you to look up. I want you to look to the one. I want you to keep your eyes on him. And remember this, don't think just cause they fail, you'll fail, cause God's able to present you faultless. He's able to keep you from falling. Church, I just wanna remind you, thank God he is able to keep you from falling. Can anybody help me tonight? Oh, that's what he said. He said there, but then we have a responsibility. That's what I want to look at. Look at verse number four, our text verse. Here's what he said. <clears throat> For there are certain men crept in unawares. He said, I want you to realize that you need to contend for the faith. You need to contend for the faith in verse number three. They said, because there are certain men that have crept in another words. We got, we got done reading verse 3 and verse 4. There's four things that you realize. You realize this, that faith is delivered to all saints. Faith is worth fighting for and contending for. Faith is threatened, not just from the outside, but from the inside. I believe it was Vance Havner who said this. He said, we're, we're at more danger in the modern day church from termites destroying the church from within than buzzards eating it from without. Hey, hey man, and, and this is what he's what he's saying in verse number four. He said, better watch them. They've creeped in unawares. So when, when I want to talk about salvation, when we need to be running the house about the one that loved us and called us and preserved us, that's going to present us faultless, that's able to keep us from falling. He said, I want you to put take your gloves off. I want you to tape up your hands. I want you to realize it ain't time to sit on the sidelines. Hey, man, I want you to pay. Hey, man, I realize every man, woman, boy, girl, everybody that's ever had faith delivered to you, everybody that's ever been loved, everybody that's ever been called and preserved, everybody that's trusting him to present us one day, I want you to realize it is your job, not just a preacher, but every job of every believer to contend for the faith that was delivered unto you. And everybody realized your responsibility and said amen. That's it. That's what God wants us to do. Every genuine believer, God wants us to contend for the faith. 
He wants us to contend, Brother Jared, not to be a compromiser. At 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he already preached it this morning, so I don't, I don't need to preach it. But I'm going to tell you what he said. That word there, striveth. When he talked about striveth, that's the word contend. That's the word contend. He said, I, I know, I know what it is. I need to contend carefully. I need to contend, amen, consistently. I gotta contend. I've gotta be a contender. I've gotta be a freedom fighter. Faith, God wants us to fight the good fight of faith. I told Brother Phil Beck, he called me, asked me to preach for him what an honor on Christmas night. And here's what I told him. I said, Brother Phil Beck, I don't know if I'm a good fighter, but I sure am in a good fight. And that's the truth. We're in a good fight. I mean, I've been in a bunch of fights. I wasn't no sense of me being in. But this is one fight. Thank God I'm glad he put me in. And church, don't give up. Don't back up. Don't slow down. Don't get distracted. Don't be discouraged. God said, if faith that was delivered you, it's time to stand up and fight for it. And all God's people say, well, preacher, you know, that's just dogmatic. Jesus is dogmatic. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. This ain't, this ain't price is right. Pick a door. Amen. Amen. Hey, hey, we're, we're to fight, not to fall out. We're to stand. And if we stand, according to this Bible, 2 Thessalonians 3, 3, he will establish us. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. God wants us to be a barking dog, not a dumb dog. You ever, you ever seen a dumb dog? Can't hear, can't make a sound, but a barking dog. He's like a good old watchdog. God wants us to do verse number four. Here it is, number one. I want you to know what Watch this with me. Hey, first of all, here's, here's how we can do it. Here's how we can be a watchman on the wall. Here's how we can be a contender for the faith that was delivered. Let me ask you this. Everybody that's in here, I need you to participate with me for a minute. How many of you in here, you know you're saved, not by faith you can produce. Because for by grace are we saved through faith, that not of ourself, it's a gift of God. Right? We can't even live by faith that we can produce. Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. For the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not my faith in the Son of God. Faith of the Son of God. Faith that God gave me. It's His faith He gave me. He delivered it to me. Would y'all say Amen. So if God gave us faith, would you say, would you agree with me? Everybody that's saved, that's been, that's had faith delivered to you, I want you to lift your hand. I'm looking at a bunch of contenders in here tonight. I'm looking at some freedom fighters in here. I'm looking at some folks that's supposed to be fighting and contending for the faith, which was once delivered to you. If you've been saved, then God's delivered faith to you. And it is your job to fight for the faith that was once delivered to you. Hey, man. You say, preacher, how can I do it? How can I not be distracted? How can I not be discouraged? How can I not be a divider? By watching out for what he says and verse 4. Easy steps. Number one. First, he wants us to beware of creeps. Creepy men. What it says in the book. These are dangerous people. For there are certain men crept in unawares. I'd call them creeps. Would y'all say amen right there? Better watch out for them creeps. They're dangerous. Amen. They creep in unawares. They're sneaky. They're sly. They're stealthy in their character. Me and my daddy, I was going to ask, brother, I was going to ask you, and I, I done got sidetracked. 
when Brother Frank got to sing and got to help him, I saw, I believe his coon hunter in Columbus on Pinal Road was Brother Page, old man Page. Me and my dad, we used to go coon hunting with old Brother Page, had them red bone coon dogs. I remember one time we was out there. I loved them red bone coon dogs, prettiest little dogs. Daddy always used them other dogs. And, uh, man, he had them pretty red dogs. I about half climb that tree. And, I mean, if, I, I'm not, I don't want to get sidetracked, but I, you just, you got to hear a coon. You just got to hear that. That's something. They just bark from the gut up. And there's a sounding out through there. Here I am, a little boy, you know, running through there. Limbs are slapping me in the head. Hey, man, boy, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what's going to go on. And uh, I get to the tree. And instead of Daddy and him looking up there, uh, watching out for the coon, him and Brother Pace is talking about a sneaky dog about having a sneaky dog, he called it an egg-sucking dog. He said, you got to watch out for them egg-sucking dogs. He said, they'll sneak around, they'll stealthy, they act like they're going to do what you've trained them to do. And he said, if, if you don't watch them, they'll eat every egg in the hen house. And here's, that's exactly what they're saying in verse number four. Oh, they look like one of the junkyard dogs. They look like a watch dog. But you better watch them. They're going to suck that batch of eggs just plumb dry. They're creeps. Matthew says, beware of false prophets which come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening woods. You got to watch out. They, hey, they, they have a way of deceit. Uh, sneaky of, of swipping around in the church. You got to watch them. He said they're crept in on the wires. Here's what the text says. It goes on to say they foam out their own shame. They're always bringing up things that's bad. They always like to point out what's wrong. Those creeps, they creep in unaware. So if we're going to be watchmen, if we're going to be freedom, face freedom fighters, if we're going to not be distracted, if we're not going to get discouraged, if we're not going to be divided, if we're not going to be cut out of the flock, then we got to realize our job is to watch out, keep our eye out for sneaky dogs. And all God's people say, Bible says they are like a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Now, you know they've already killed. They got the taste of blood. They've, they've got sheep's clothing on so they don't kill one time. How, how do you know? How do you know how to look out for a wolf in sheep's clothing? Well, Brother Milby wrote one of the greatest books I ever, I ever read on the subject. Here's what he said. He went out there to the Midwest to that wolf reserve and he said you could watch them wolves. He said they get in there between the flock and they divide the flock one from another and then they get over there in a sickly, uh, a sickly portion of the flock and he said they got so comfortable that the sick and the elderly flock that had been slowly separated from the main flock, he said they got so accustomed to the wolf that, that he rubbed noses with it. They got so comfortable. Hey, listen, here, here's what I'm saying. In the last days, before the Lord comes back, in the vestibule to the end times, in the days that we live, when folks are falling away, folks are quitting church like crazy. Have y'all noticed that? Churches are closing. Folks, uh, preachers are giving in the towel. I, I mean, God help us today. And, and when that happens, he says, if you don't want to be a casualty, you got to realize, you got to watch out. There's going to be some wolves in sheep's clothing. There's going to be some creeps 
some certain men who crept in unawares. They're underneath the radar. They're sneaking around. They, they love to have power. They refuse criticism. They like fruit. Uh, there's some signs you can detect. They, they never like to be guided in any direction. And, and they may have, they may know how to dress right. They may carry the right Bible. They may stand up, have a good word to say. But, but you'll know them, you'll know them not being real by the fruit they're not bearing, by, by the actions they're not taking, by the leadership they don't follow. He said, you better watch it. They've crept in unawares. They've learned how to blend in. I, I preach a lot of youth meetings, and so I've watched it in these big youth meetings. Here's what happened. Young people will get together, and there'll be about 15, 20 youth groups. Great preaching, and folks will get saved. And I've watched some of the young people, uh, Brother Childs, they'll get in the altar because they don't want to be left out from getting in the altar. They don't, they want to blend in with everybody else. And some of it's emotionalism. Some of it's caught up in the moment. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to tell you, I, I, I wouldn't let, don't just try to blend in. I, I believe everybody here is saved. I hope every young person here is right with God. As far as I know, on a Sunday night, everybody's true blue. But can I say today, oh my God, I, I be careful because there's a crowd in the end days who are creeps and they'll creep in unaware. Not just that. Number two, watch what he said. They're not just creeps that have crept in unaware. Secondly, he says, they're before of old ordained to this condemnation. He said, these men are not just creeps. These men are condemned men. These men are damned men. He said, preacher, I don't know if I can do it. Well, this is what the book says. They were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Now stay with me. Hyper-Calvinist gets real nervous. Hey, man, I'm going to prove them something right here. What's this right here? One thing that's left for these people is the wrath of God. God knew in his foreknowledge that they were going to reject salvation. They're going to hold on to a false profession. He had already, hey, why would somebody already condemned want to hurt somebody else? That's all they have left. They, they, there's something about, they've crossed the line that we can't understand. I don't know where that line is, but I do know this. Such sabotage don't make sense to a spiritual person. It can only make sense to them that are condemned. Here's what that word condemned means. That word condemned means to make a decision. It means their faith without Christ has already been decided. Now listen, listen right here in case you think I've went off the deep end. I'm just telling you what the book said. These men have this, this verb tense carries the idea. It's not what God's done to them. That's in verse 1 and in verse 24. He loved us. He called us. He preserved us. He's able to keep us from falling. And that's that's the verb tense, God moving on you. This verb tense is something that they've done to themselves. So here's what they've done. They've heard preaching. They've heard, they felt conviction. They had a chance to get saved, but they said no. And they said no one too many times. And not, it's something they've done to themselves. 
Don't say God sends people to hell automatically and folks go to heaven automatically. That's hyper-Calvinism. We don't believe that mess. Amen. Man have a responsibility after hearing the truth to respond to the truth and all God's people say Do y'all believe he tasted death for every man? You better believe that. Amen, because I'm going to tell you, that crowd that says he only died for certain people, ain't it funny, they're always the crowd that he died for. Ain't that something? How's that work out? Here's what the book says. The book says they have done it to themselves. They're before old of old ordained to them condemnation. God in his foreknowledge already knew it, but we didn't know it. But God's letting us know, hey, in the verb tense, it's not what I've done, it's what they've done to themselves. Let, let, me, let me back up and give you an example. To find a biblical principle, got to go back to the first time. You remember in the Bible, the idea is hardened in the heart. You remember in the Bible, in the book of Exodus, when Moses is preaching the truth, and he's giving out the truth, and he said, God said, let my people go. God said, we got to go three days journey. And God said, we got to take everything with us. We don't know what we're going to need when we get there. But when we go three days, based on the third day, we're going to worship God. Hey, man. And he said, we got to go. Our women's going. Our children's going. We're not leaving an ox behind. We're not leaving a goat behind. Everything's going. Hey, man. I, I'm glad when God saved me, he got me good. Hey, man. Got me lock, stock, and barrel. He bought me out. Hey, man. And listen, will you remember that? And, and the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. And he wouldn't let him go. He said go. And then Pharaoh hardened his heart. Wouldn't let him go. And then Pharaoh hardened his heart. Wouldn't let him go. And then Pharaoh hardened his heart. And wouldn't let him go. Then the Bible says the Lord hardened his heart. Before the Lord ever hardened his heart. Pharaoh hardened his heart. Can I get, can I, can I get y'all to pull in real close? God made a way for all sinners to go to heaven. It's called Calvary. He tasted death for how many men, the Bible say? For every man. What's the Bible say in John 3, 16? For God so loved the world that he gave us only the world. That's everybody that's in it. Past, present, and future. He, hey man, was delivered for our offenses. Hey man, and was raised for our justification. So the Bible tells me he made a way for everybody to be saved. But when folks harden their heart to truth, eventually they'll cross a line and God said, he will harden their heart. He'll turn them over to a reprobate mind. All they have to look forward to now is condemnation. These men are not just creepy men. They are condemned men. But it's, they're not condemned. They're not condemned because of what God did. It's what they did to themselves. In fact, here's what John 3 says. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth not is condemned already because he's not believed in the only of God. God's all man were condemned, and God made a way for the gospel to free man. Every man that's ever born is born in sin and iniquity. We're dead in trespasses and sin. Our will is, is bound up and, and it's, we have a fallen will. But then something between something happens. 
I don't know if it, I don't know when it happens. I don't know how it happens. But somewhere between heaven and earth, God gets on a man, preaches the word of God, and God uses the living word to speak to a dead sinner through a human vessel. Woo! Amen. And speaks to their heart. <laughs> and then their fallen will becomes a freed will. And now they have, by way of hearing the gospel, Y'all looking at me like you don't believe. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Ephesians. I'm going to prove it to you. Look in the book of Ephesians, chapter number one. Amen. Ephesians chapter number one. Watch this. Watch this. Ephesians one, verse 13. In whom you also trusted. Watch this. When you trust. Verse 13. After that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also Watch this. After that you believed, you were sealed without Holy Spirit promise. Did y'all hear that? God used a man of God, a human vessel, to put a supernatural power on, to preach a supernatural word, funnels it through that vessel to your heart, your fallen will. You don't want God. You ain't looking for God. You don't care nothing about God. But something, hey man, a dead sin. You go out here to Petty's funeral home. You can preach to a drunkard that died. Ain't none of them going to respond. Well, if they do, I'm running. I ain't going to have nothing to do with it. I, I'm gone. They ain't going to respond. But that's as dead as a sinner was. But when God speaks to them, he takes a fallen will and freeze that will because they've heard the truth. Now they have a responsibility to respond to truth. Are y'all with me? You can only trust what you first heard and you can only hear when it's been preached and they can only preach because they've been sent. Somebody ought to say amen right there. That's Bible right there. Amen. The Bible says these men have rejected what they heard. They have distrusted and not trusted. They have refused and not repented and because of that they are condemned. He said you better watch that crowd. You got to be watchful for them. They're creeps. They creep in unaware. They're stealthy. They'll go up and lick your hand. They'll act like they're going to run with the dogs. But when you get to the tree, there'll be two dogs barking and one off sneaking. You think they're in the pack. You think they're in the group. They look like they belong, but they don't fit in. And if you watch them, they'll have egg yellow yolks running out the side of their mouth. They're sneaky. They, they want to destroy they, they, they want to eat. They want to devour, but they don't want to be a hell. You said, Preacher, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, are you sure? Yes. The Bible said God, they were foreordained. God knowed it was going to be that way. So they are creeping men. They are condemned men. But watch this, number three, in verse four. Thirdly, it tells us these men are corrupt men. Ungodly men turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. They're defiled men. They're damned men. They're, they're deceit, but they're defiled men. They have no boundaries. They're willing to expand the horizons. They're willing to live on the edge. They're willing to take the grace of God and turn it in to a license to live wicked. God never did give us a license to live wicked. He gave us a license to live free. 
You know what Christian liberty is? Christian liberty is not, now that I'm saved, I can drink all I want, fornicate all I want, I'm still going to heaven. That's, that's not grace. The grace of God that hath appeared to all men is the same grace that when you get saved, starts teaching you that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, you should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. God wants us to live right in this present world. And all God's people say that's the grace of God. If you're really saved, here's what, here's what Paul, I, them, that crowd, I remember one time they asked me to come over here and said, help us ordain this guy. And uh, I said, look, I'm going to have to step out. If this guy don't believe right, I can't be a part of the ordination group. Here's what he said. I'd call his name, y'all know him, but it wouldn't do no good. Here, here, here's what he said. Here's what he said. He said, I believe, I believe I'm saved, but I think I could lose it. I said, okay. Do you, he said, what about Hebrews 6? It's impossible for those who are once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and the good word of God and the powers of the word of God, if they shall fall away to renew them again to repentance, for they crucify the Son of God to themselves afresh, put him to an open shame. I said, well, preacher, if it's impossible, I said, hold up, hold up. The Bible said they've tasted the good word of God. Ain't you ever been in church and, and, and you go over to dinner and they say, hey, taste some of these chili beans. And you taste them, and you say, boy, that's pretty good. But you're so full, you don't get none. You say, no, I've got all I want. I don't need that. I've got what I want. I don't need that. I mean, it tastes all right. I like it. I said, same like being in a revival. And preaching goes on. And it looks like folks are going to get saved. They're going down the aisle like everybody else. They may even pull up some tears. But they go back. And they, they've tasted the good word of God. They've heard, they've tasted the presence of God, but they didn't, they refused it. They said, no, I don't need that. I've got what I want. And they went back and lived the same wicked life they'd always lived. They ain't saved. They not right with God. I said, well, let me ask you this. You, you hung up on that. Let's back up to chapter five. Do you believe all the Bible? He said, well, yeah, I believe all the Bible. Well, here's what the book says. In Hebrews 5, verse number 9, he says he's the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. You know what the word eternal means? No beginning and no ending. Whoopee. Hey, man. And Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, God, what God does, he does eternal. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away. So let me ask you this. In the mind of God, because he don't operate on time, what he does is eternal. What we understand is everlasting. The day I got saved, I got everlasting life. But John 3 also says he gives eternal life. They're both right. And God's economy has no beginning, has no ending. God knew before the foundation of the world who it was before we ever existed. He knew who was going to get saved. But I didn't know it till the day I got saved. Woo! I'm about to have fit up in here. I don't know if anybody's enjoying it, but I'm having a good time talking about it. Hey, man, I'm enjoying the fact that I'm eternally, everlastingly saved. Are y'all with me? Now, notice what the book says. Here's what he said. This crowd will tell you that the same God that saved you says now that you're saved, you can live like you want to live. That's what the Bible says. They've turned the grace of God. These, these men are corrupt. Here's what they'll say. That preacher's too tight in his preaching. You need to quit, you need to quit believing that. You, I don't know why you got to go down there. 
Listen, I ain't tired enough. I'm, 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 I'm too, I feel like a loosey-goosey half the time. I feel like I'm about half backslid. I, I mean, hey man, we ought to tighten some things up. As you see today, you know what the Bible says? Be holy as I'm holy. Anybody say you're holy? The only thing holy about me is if I could take a zipper and show you the inside man that's been saved and transformed. Y'all say, whoa, that's holy right there. But if you look on this part, it ain't holy. But this outside's going to catch up with the inside one day. Hey, when the horn toots and we scoot, it's going to catch up one day. Hey, man, I'm going to have a glorified body and the vile body will be gone. Hey, man, thank God for that. But the Bible says we're supposed to be holy as he's holy. Here's what he said. He's called us not to uncleanliness, but unto holiness. Can anybody in here say that you're holy in your thinking, holy in, in, in your walking, holy in your talking? Anybody in here? If you would, I'd like to get my picture with you out there up front. Man, I'd like to finally meet one person that is holy as holy can be right here on planet Earth. No, we're not like that. But we got enough sense to know that we're not going to use grace as a license to live any wicked way and justify our sin, saying that we're saved and the devil can't do nothing. I know he can't do nothing about it. But because of that, I constrain to want to live for him. And all God's people say it. Better watch out for a crowd. They're creeps. They're sneaky. They're subtle. They're subversive. They're divisive. They're discouraging. And they act one way while everybody else is around. Give them a minute and they'll devour. They'll destroy. Are y'all with me? You gotta watch that crowd. They're creeps. Better watch that crowd. Hey man, they're corrupt. They'll turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. Titus 1.15 says this, Under the pure all things are pure. Under them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and their conscience is defiled. They're defiled men. Then he said this in number four. Look at verse four. Lastly, watch this. He said these men are creepers. They creep in unawares. These men are corrupt. These men are condemned. It's not, hey, <coughs> they've condemned themselves. But watch this. These men are cursed. They said, said this, they deny the only Lord God in our Lord Jesus Christ. He said they, they deny. There was a little kid watching the mom and daddy put up manger scene. And uh, they watched this. They watched him get baby Jesus and go take him back there. And they said, Daddy, why would you put Jesus away? Hey, you might put the manger scene away, but I'm glad ain't nobody going to put Jesus away. Hey, man, this crowd wants to put Jesus away. This crowd says, we, don't, we can have religion without Jesus. Here's what they're saying. They deny the only Lord God, comma, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what it's saying. The Lord God and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ, one and the same. 
You, you can't, hey man, you can't claim to be no Christian if you deny who the Lord is. He is the Son of God and God the Son. Hey man, I'm not a smart man, but I do know this. You see that little word there, denying? That's in the middle voice. That, that's, that carries the same idea of something I've done myself. They have made a decision. They have made a choice. The idea means to reject. It means to disavow. God's not the author of sin. You can't blame can't blame that on God. Amen. They are refusing, they are wanting sin and refusing the Savior. The Bible tells us this in 1 John. Turn your Bibles right quick. Let's just go back to this couple of books. Look in 1 John chapter number 5 and verse number 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. But this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. His commandments are not grievous. Watch, watch 1 John 5, 4. Watch this, watch this. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Skip down to verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. What's the record? Verse 11. This is the record that God hath given a man to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. These things have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Woo! I say glory to God. I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I know Jesus is the Son of God. He gave His life for me without a shadow of a doubt. I'm not going to deny Him. I'm going to shout about Him. Say amen. This crowd are antichrist. They say, well, we believe He's a teacher. We believe He's a, he, he, he's a good man. But they deny Him being God. There's a lot of crowd, there's a lot of crowd doing that. Listen to me. Listen to me. There's a lot of folks walk around this world. They said, oh, we believe in Jesus. Yeah, they believe in him. But how do they believe in him? Do they believe he's the son of God and God the son? He said, you'll know this crowd. He said, preacher, wait a minute now. I know some crowd. They kind of, they act like creepies. I know some crowd, they, they are corrupt. I know some crowd, they are condemned. I don't know about Every one of them ain't cursed. No, they, they, I'm not saying they all are. But he said, I'll tell you what you'll do. If you watch out these four areas, you'll be able to be the watchman that God wants you to be. Don't get distracted. Don't get discouraged. Don't, be, don't get so focused on man that you get disappointed. It ain't God's fault. He said in the last day, the whole book of Jude is about apostates. I would have never believed when I first got saved thinking everybody should be saved and wanting everybody to get saved. I thought everybody was happy about being saved. And I, I, I never would have believed that, that the church would fall away like it has. And who would have thought that a micro microorganism that something called COVID-19 could cause people to quit church like they had. I'm talking about good people. I'm talking about folks that's been in church for 40 and 50 years and they 
they quitting church, quitting God, and they're getting mad at everything and everybody. I don't, I don't understand what's going on, but I do know. Wait just a minute. Yes, we do know what's going on. The vestibule's going on. Jude's going on. The Lord's fixing to come by. You say, preacher, what are you saying? That sounds awful discouraging. Oh, no. I'm trying to get you to realize the devil is still trying to do what he's always tried to do, and that get, that's to get people not to believe that Jesus is the Son of God in flesh. Isn't that what he tried to tell the Lord multiple times in the wilderness temptation? If thou be the Son of God. He's always tried to deny that he was God. But I like to say today, he's God, and he's still calling people to be saved. He's still the way, the truth, and the life. You say, preacher, that sounds discouraging. Hold up, it would be, but the first verse says he loved us. The first verse says he called us. The first verse says he preserved us. And verse 24 says he's able to keep us. Woo! I say glory to God. Bless his home. He's able to preserve us and present us. Guess what, church? Faultless. He's going to present us faultless. Now, I don't know how he's going to do it because I looked in the mirror this morning and saw a bunch of fault. But according to that Bible, he's going to present us faultless. Here's what I think. Oh, Brother Jimmy Robbins, you say this. Oh, Brother Robbins, here's what he used to say. Y'all buckle up. I ain't going to say nothing. Some of the, here's one thing I believe is here's what he said. Here's what he said. Matter of fact, I'm going to prove it to you. Take your Bible. Turn over here to 1 Peter. Amen. Before I quote him, I'm going to make sure you know I'm, I'm believing him. Here's what the Bible says. Turn to 1 Peter. In chapter number 1. <laughs> Woo! Watch this. Now we're talking about faith. We're begotten again. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again. I know a lively hope. And then it keeps talking. talks about faith. And I, man, I, was, I, I, I got a message. The Lord's working on my heart. On uh, Our dollar says legal tender for everything public and private. Is that what your dollar says? They don't, it's no good in heaven. <laughs> oh, Lord, I... I really want, I need to wait till Wednesday, but hey, hey, it's legal tender for every, and the more you deposit, the more valuable your bank account and the more powerful it is. Would y'all agree with me? Don't do nothing in heaven though, but there is something more valuable than gold that you can, look in chapter one, watch with me, look what the Bible said in verse number five. We're kept, we're saved by faith. Or verse 5 says, We're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Watch this, verse number 6. We're in, that is, in faith and in grace and in that new birth, we greatly rejoice, though now for a season if be, if need be, we're in this heaviness, we're in this Jude time, we're in this discouraging time through manifold temptation. Watch this, verse 7, that the trial of your faith be a much more precious than of gold. Guess what? Guess what? Currency. 
Heaven operates on faith. Hey, man, it's legal tender for everything public and private. Hey, it's everything you need. And God builds faith through the word of God. And here's what he said. Look what the Bible says. And verse 10, of which salvation, talking about salvation, you're rejoicing in salvation. You're shouting about it. It's joy unspeakable. You receive the end of your faith. The salvation of your soul, verse 9, verse 10, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied that grace that should, watch this, hold up, hold up. Let me read that again. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come. Did y'all read that? Unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify that it testified before the sufferings of Christ unto the glory that should follow unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister to the things which are now reported by them which have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost which sent down from heaven which things the angels desired. Watch this, verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober and hope to the end for the grace... God bless America. I gotta run some of it off. Woo! For the grace that is to be brought unto you when? What's it say right there in that verse? At the what? At the what? Woo! You mean to tell me I got grace that saves me? I got grace that keeps me? I got grace that preserves me? And I've got grace when he's, hey, when he presents me, when I see him face to face, I'm gonna get more grace. That's your book, say amen. I don't know how. Here's what Brother Robin said. One day, when the horn blows, we're going to know as we're known. And God's going to stop us midair. And with that extra grace, He's going to iron the wrinkles out and clean out the rest of the spots and present us faultless. <laughs> that don't excite you. I'm about ready to throw this. Hey, man. I'm t- if you knew what kind of mess I was, you get real excited. Hey, I get ashamed thinking about seeing him who's holy and knows everything and his fiery eyes. Hey, man. But bless the Lord. When I see him, I'm going to be like him. Woo! What made you that way? What's going to present you faultless? What's going to iron the wrinkles out? Grace, say Amen. <laughs> Here's what the book says. He said, as a crowd that's corrupt, as a crowd condemned, as a crowd that's cursed, as a crowd, they ain't going to get what many, but then there's a crowd that's going to be changed. We have been changed. We are being changed. And one day we will be complete in the change. Would y'all say amen? That's the positive note. Is we have been changed. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. All things become new. He's changing us. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Hey, man, he's still working on me. He's chipping off stuff that don't look like Jesus. He said, preacher, I need some Bible verse. Well, I'm glad you asked. Here's what the Bible says. He's, he's predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. I ain't there, but he's working on me. 
Woo! Amen! Oh, church, I'm, I'm telling you, during all that's going to go on, on these last days, and don't try to worry, don't worry about putting people in different groups. Here's what you need to worry about. What group am I in? Here, here's what we need to realize. Bethlehem, that's God, that's God with us. Calvary's God for us. Salvation's God in us. Whoopee, hey, rapture, God fetching us. Amen. Armageddon, God before us. But eternity is God and us. <laughs> Amen. Us and God. God in us forever. I don't know about you. I don't know about y'all, but that excites me. That excites me that one day he's going to burn this thing like a bowling ball. He's going to burn all the in and until then God wants us to be holy, have a holy conversation and godliness looking for and hasting under the coming of the day of God wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Let's all stand. Heads bowed.